Morning, church. Well, you're a good-looking bunch. Look at y'all. Where you been all my life? It's been good. Uh, Friday night, good. Saturday, good. Amen. What a gorgeous day yesterday. Couldn't think of any better place than to celebrate our 45th wedding anniversary than Espanola. Hallelujah. So, and we went out, went out for lunch to Cortina's. Yeah. Very romantic. We had our own booth. No candles. A little Coca-Cola. That was good. So it was all good. Praise hallelujah. Listen, we have this product table back there, and it's a little weak because I'm just coming back from camp, and then we drove up. And uh, so the product's there. The name of the ministry is called Reapers in the Rain, so thus the umbrellas and the, and the rain slickers and for golfers and fishermen. So all that neat stuff. There's some T-shirts there. And uh, if we ever come back, I'll make sure I bring up the 2X and the 3X for the Husky guys. Hallelujah. So, and uh, I got some little ones back there for the, the little gospel people, so it's all good. So. Just uh, it's a donation. Just we have a warehouse in Bowmanville, and it sat idle for a couple of years, like many of us did during COVID. And so I'm just trying to move stuff out because it's no good just sitting around. And uh, we just shipped to Cuba, sent 70 boxes to Cuba. Been working there the last 10 years, and uh, excited to get back there in November with the team. All, all newbies, all newbies. So it should be interesting. So my guys, 15 years, some of them have traveled with me. Funny thing, we got older and those bags of cement got heavier. So I made sure I got young guys this time, and, uh, or younger. That means under 60, okay? So uh, we're, we're looking forward to get back there. We continue to buy houses, flip them into house churches, and buy boats, fishing, uh, hair salons, uh, and uh, what else do we do? Beauty salons, hair salons, uh, oh, sewing centers. So we ship a lot of stuff. It's about sustainable development. And uh, so if I feed you, i got to feed you tomorrow. But if I get you stuff and you can create your own income, I can retire. Hallelujah. It's all good. We had that talk, Trish and I, a few months ago. And uh, she said, what does retirement look like for you? I said, and I described it to her. She goes, well, you're doing that now. I said, there you go. Hallelujah. Let's keep rolling. It's just a number. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. You will make a difference in this town. You will make a difference in this town. You just keep breathing Jesus. Keep breathing the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, don't buy into the oppressive spirit that may slip in. Uh, we've heard it already mentioned this morning. Our hope is not in economy. There's two economies, by the way. You understand that? There are two economies. There's man's economy and God's economy. I'll wait for you. Okay, so. It's in the book. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm not that bright. Okay, so there's two economies. There's God's economy and man's economy. And so, you know, which report will you believe? And God is faithful. Praise the Lord. I, that's my sob story to mo to today is uh, 18 years traveling and went from a great church with a great salary. And they took good care of us. I have no sob story. And God's just been good to us. He's just been faithful to us. And I say praise the Lord. Amen, amen. 18 years just wandering the world and messing up the devil's plans and heading home. Glory to God. Amen, amen, amen. It's good to have you here this morning. Amen. We have a... a friend of many years here from Little Current. Good to see you. Praise hallelujah. So, you settled in? Not too settled, I got no faith. So it's good to have the CEO and president CEO of Yes Television on 100 Huntley Street. Kevin, God bless you. We just stand and we just want to acknowledge you, buddy. I want you to pray for this man. And uh, come on. I hate this because I can't remember your lady's name and that drives me nuts. Sherry, Sherry, Sherry. 
Uh, my apologies. It means a lot. I try to remember because a lot of times the upfront guys get the credit, and uh, we know that you run the show, so we we understand that. So uh, we get that. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's keep these ministries in prayer, and uh, as they're on air, making a difference day in and day out. So we say thank God. Amen. Amen. So I, I just got some stuff here. So uh, this this umbrella is Reapers in the Rain. It's got my logo on it. So teacher. Any, any fishermen, golfers? You a fisherman, golfer? This is an extra large. Extra large. Son, you're not an extra large. I guarantee you that. So, so, okay, there we go. So it's all done. So. I just say thank God. Thank God for his word. I'd like to continue our talk on the area of dwell and the person of the Holy Spirit. I spend much of my time traveling. I think next weekend uh, we're in New York State. And then we're home a couple of days and leave for uh, Campbellton, New Brunswick. We're there a couple of days, and then we head up to Bathurst, New Brunswick. We're there for a couple of days uh, doing ministry, and then on to PEI, and then back again. That's, that's a pretty part of Canada. So I know, I know it's not Espanola, but it's a pretty part of Canada. You know, the Gaspé area, New Brunswick area, is pretty cool. So I have some roots there, and so I say thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Amen, amen. Acts chapter 2 again, please. We've been talking about the person of the Holy Spirit, the passion of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And if you have a Bible, I still like paper Bible. Is that all right? Yeah. Like when you walk out Sunday mornings with your phone, they don't know you're going to church. <laughs> I walk out with my book, they got an idea where I'm headed. So they see your truck leave every Sunday morning at 1020, they got it figured out maybe. But just slap a Bible under your arm, they'll get it figured out real quick. All right, tablets are cool, I get it. But there's just something about paper, I like it old-fashioned that way. In Acts chapter 2, there's a template there for New Testament living, for New Testament believers, and I just want to read it to you. Let's jump on verse 42, shall we? They devoted themselves in the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. What a concept. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miracles Signs and wonders and all the neat stuff were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Let's just pull out the P's out of this portion of Scripture. you got prayer, you got possessions. If you have a hard time with 10%, you'll have a hard time with the 90%. Thank you very much. Things that I can say because I'm leaving. So, I, I'm saying it again. If you have a hard time in tithing 10%, you'll probably have a hard time with the 90%. Uh, you're a steward of what God blessed you with. If God can trust you with 10% to give, he can trust you with 90%. And what you do and is just uh, is look for a child of God. 100% belongs to him anyway. So you know what? They, they sold their possessions. How do you like that? Sold their goods and gave everyone as they had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread together in the homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God. Praising God, enjoying the favor, the favor, I want to say the flavor, the flavor and the favor of what God was doing. And I say thank the Lord. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. That's a pretty cool template, isn't it? God just brought people in day in and day out, and I say thank the Lord. They just celebrated together. They had everything in common. It wasn't a bad thing. The Verses previous to that, our friend Peter stood up and had been declaring what God had to say. 
And then Peter replied when they asked, what does this mean? What shall we do? He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and to your children, all that is far off, for all whom the Lord God shall call. And I say, thank God. Thank God for that. Church, I just want to speak to you this morning because I travel for a living and I can connect the dots. And... Um, you know, we just travel. That's all I do, and we'll, our calendar is booked out through next February, and we'll just keep rolling for the Lord Jesus Christ because we enjoy what we do. But i got to tell you, we're facing some things here in Canada that may be unique to our, our North American scene because I'm not running into them in Russia. I'm not running into them in the islands. I'm not running into them in different countries. And so we need to acknowledge that and look at that. A lot of countries, there is no plan B, and so they're really hungry for God. I mentioned it before, I'll stand in, in fields in India, in Chennai, in the south, and I, there's a whole congregation of thousands of people, and they're standing there. And I know that, you know, 2% are Christians, but the rest are there to see what's going on. But i got to tell you, it's 1 o'clock in the morning, and they're still there until I lay hands on them. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. And no matter what ism they are, they're still on the field because they have a baby in their arm. And if our God can heal their baby, those choker chains come off pretty quick and their hands go up and they begin to worship Jehovah God. And so for me as an evangelist, signs and wonders, miracles are a great tool. Just a great tool. I don't mean to lower them into a tool case, but they're just, they're, just, they're just God moments where God saves someone, heals somebody. I was in a service in Chennai, and we were worshiping and praising. And I had been praying on the way into the crusade, don't like that word, into the way into the meeting uh, that God would show us, just show a sign right away. We'd have a sign. We'd have a sign. And I was waiting for the sign to show up, and, and so he did. He was about six foot eight, about 350, and in the middle of the worship, he walked down to the front. And I could hear everybody buzzing and going, Ooh, so they knew him, they knew him. So I'm leaning over my translator and the pastor saying, who, who is this mountain? Like, who is this mountain? Is his name Goliath? Or I thought he was dead. Right? And so here's this big giant of a guy walking forward, and here he was, one of the highest paid bodyguards in the country. So he worked with presidents and CEOs, and he worked with whoever came to the country. This was the guy that went ahead of you. Because if he got shot at, they weren't going to see you. Right? This man had his own, you know, he had his own map. I mean, he had his own postal code. He was a big guy. He was a big fella. And, I, and I've been praying for a sign, and then when it actually happened, I wasn't clicking in. Yeah, surprise. Right? I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I, was, I prayed, Lord, give me a sign, give me a sign. And this big guy's walking. And he didn't wait for the altar call, and he walked forward. He said, I want to talk to the preacher. I need to give my life to Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, a couple hours later when I gave the altar call and began to pray for people, it was really easy. It was really easy because most of them thought, if this man needs Jesus Christ and he could tear you apart from limb to limb and kill you 37 different ways, then I guess we need Jesus Christ too. And the answer is yes, sir. Yes, young man. Yes, ma'am. You do need Jesus Christ. If there was ever a day and age where people needed the Lord, it's today. It's today. It's today we're facing things in family and economy and government that we've never faced before. But I got good news for you, Grandma. The same God that was faithful to you will be faithful to your children and your grandchildren. Hallelujah. The issues are different. Let me tell you, Grandma, one of the reasons why you're still breathing, because we need your prayers. Grandpa, you, you don't feel you're not as fast as you used to be. You're not as quick as you used to be. I get that. I understand that. You know what? Uh, getting up out of a chair is a good day. Hallelujah. Some days. It just, you know, things ache and creak, and I, I get that. But we're still here, Grandpa, because of the generation underneath you that needs your prayers. 
They need you to be calling on God. And I, I declare that over our hearts and our lives. And this, this town today needs the church to rise up. And, and, and the di- discouragement and the depression and the 400 plus and all the subsidiary companies that are affected by Domtar. This is a church's time to rise up and say, listen, we're not going to walk in fear. We're not going to walk in discouragement. We're going to walk in faith in the name of Jesus Christ. You pick the well you drink from. You pick the well. You can drink from the well of fear. You can drink from the well of faith. But if you drink from the well of faith, it's contagious. You'll rub up on people. And I say, thank the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Well, that's not my notes. It's free anyway. God bless you. Hallelujah. So as I travel, I run across men and women, and they talk about revival. You know, where does revival fit in in these last days? You know, I believe there'll be a falling away, and I see that as I travel, COVID didn't help our cause any. The Bible talks about a falling away, how the very elect will be shaken, Matthew 24, 25. So we're seeing that. So I walk between the falling away and the elect being shaken to what God says in Acts chapter 2, in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So I kind of wander between, you know, the, 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 the number game and what God wants to do. And I believe before he comes back, he wants to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. I believe that. God's always done something significant before he did something significant. Thank you. He's always done something really significant. He put a star in the heavens that was never seen before by the Magi. And they followed that star and found the Christ child. He put a new star. That was pretty significant pretty significant. And then baby Jesus was born. That was pretty significant. So I'm looking for a significant in the world today. And so church, I need you to prepare now for what God wants to do later. Let's stop being reactive to the devil and be proactive to Jesus. Let me say that again because I have the microphone. Let's stop being reactive to the devil. He's not in Canada today. We danced down this road Friday night, Bubba. We dance down this road straight up in your grill. We dance down this road. The devil's not omnipresent. He has to be in one city at one time. He has to be in one country at one time. You serve Jesus Christ who is omnipresent. He can live in your heart, your heart, your heart, your heart, your heart, your heart. And he can sit on the helm of the universe and he holds the world in his hand. Hallelujah. That's how big our God is. So don't tell me what the devil's doing. Tell me what Jesus Christ is doing. Let's not, let's not elevate the, the devil. Let's not, it's a small L, loser, right, Lucifer, it's a small L. I want you to understand that and get that in your heart. So we're traveling and we're talking about revival as we go because I really believe God wants to send a move of the Spirit. I don't care whether you call it revival, a move of God, a, a moment, a landmark, I couldn't care less. I'm hungry for Jesus. I don't want to hear about it in heaven someday. I want to experience it now. I want to experience it now. I don't want to preach it for 45 years or 40 years. I want to see and experience what God's up to today. And I say, thank the Lord. My father preached it. My mama preached it. My grandfather preached it. My great-great-grandfather preached it. They're dead and gone. They're in heaven. I'm still alive, and I want to preach it. But I want to see with my eyes. said it last night. I don't want a move of God to be a history lesson to my grandkids, our grandkids. I don't want that. I, don't want, I want them to know God. Every generation must have their own touch of God. Let me say it again. Every generation must have its own touch of God. It has to. Somewhere in your life, you have to have a landmark moment when the road gets long and tough. You can look back and see the faithfulness of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't have that, you will waver. You will waver. If you have no landmarks to look back and say God was faithful, when you had more month than money and God showed up. Remember those days? The cupboards were bare. Mama Hubbard went to the cupboard. There was nothing there. There was nothing there. We lived like that. We, we made such little money when we were in Bible college, the government did an audit on us because our rent was more than our income. 
and we were only paying a, a buck ninety a month, right? One hundred ninety dollars a month. That's a few years ago, he surveyed, by the way. And, and they did an audit on us. But here was the good news: we were able to share with the auditor how good God was in our lives. Hallelujah! And He showed up with bags of groceries and and just showed up that way. And farmers would send us a little something, something. So I'm very thankful. So that's my sob story. Our God is faithful. Let me remind you this morning: revival is a result, not a right. We have, no, we have no monopoly on Holy Spirit because we, we call ourselves Pentecostal or charismatic or some other flavor. He will go where he's welcomed. He will go where he's wanted. If you don't want Holy Spirit, he will move on. He will move on. Where does the wind blow? The wind blows where it wants to blow. And so we understand that and we establish that in our hearts. First Chronicles 7.14, there are different levels of revival. It says, if my people which are hungry, which call upon my name, will hunger, will, 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 will uh, repent and call upon my name. And God says, I'll heal the land. But the word is if. If. When we get hungry for God, God will get hungry to send a revival. If we have an A plan and a B plan and a C plan now, it's not going to work that way. We just need to step in and receive what God has for us. There's a difference of revival. Listen, you can be revived this afternoon. You can have a heart attack and they can revive you. I guarantee you're not going back to work tomorrow. You just had a heart attack, Bubba. Right. We revived you. You're breathing. You're back with us, but you still need to gain some strength. There's a, 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 a level of revival there. There's a level of reviving, but you're not ready to take it on. And God wants to move us on into that revival mode where we just say, listen, let's dig the wells now because God's going to fill them. Let's dig the trenches now because God's going to fill them. In fact, I like the word trenches better because that way you dig your trench, I dig my trench, you dig your trench, and over the years we connect them and more people can drink from the trench than one well. We've got churches all over the nation. They're a well, they're a well, they're a well, but only so many people can drink from a well. If we dig trenches and we network together, one thing the devil has tried to rob us of is networking and our authority in Jesus Christ. And if we get it together, we, just, we get the job done. And I say, thank God. Uh, we abuse the word revive. We've abused the word revival. Today it can mean a second chance in sports. His career was revived. Revived. He's a, he wasn't the golfer he was, but now his career has been revived. He's now a better golfer. And it's a resurgence in something. Uh, there, uh, there was a, a hair product that was, a, you know, a revival uh, of, of your hair, making old stuff new again. There was a sign I used to see coming out of a Belleville on the way up north towards Bancroft. And it, the sign was revival, revival, 20 minutes. I used to get so excited reading that song. Hallelujah. I was sped up so I could get there real quick. Hallelujah. 20 minutes. I could cut her down to 14 minutes. Hallelujah. I want revival, revival. You know, and then when you get up there to the 20 minutes, it's a renovation company. They're going to re revive your kitchen, whatever they're going to do, right? Advertising. Over the years, we've had pockets of revival. You know what? <laughs> From 1906 to Susan Street on, we've had places where you could take a bus, and, and we've had moments and years of, of blessing, and I thank God for that. But I'm not looking for a pocket of blessing. I'm looking for a national. I'm looking for a global move of God. Uh, what COVID has been to the negative, God wants to bring to the positive. For the first time, the whole world was in the same mess with COVID. And how about God turns that around and flips the clock, okay, you've experienced the negative. How about I pour my spirit out upon all flesh? How's that for a positive? I say, thank God. I thank God. I get excited as I look around and see young men and young women because you're going to see more you're going to see more messy stuff, but you're going to see more good stuff than any other generation because you're living in the last days, and God will pour his spirit upon all flesh. And I say, thank God. And our sons and our daughters will prophesy. They will prophesy, and I say thank God. They can't spell cat, but they will prophesy. 
I say thank God. Four-year-old maybe can't tie up his shoes or her shoes, but they're going to prophesy someday. Grandma, that back door is going to open someday, and your little one's going to walk through and start begin to speak life over your situation. And I say thank the Lord for it. I get excited thinking about it. Glory to God. Here's my question for you this morning, church. Are you ready? Ready? Good. Can God trust us with a revival? Chuck, what do you mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. Can God trust us with a revival, or are we going to waste it again? Our, on our programs, on our product, on our, on our buildings, on our, on our, on ourselves. And, 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 and listen, I, I'm glad you can preach. I'm glad you can sing. I'm glad you can play. But we need a revival so people come to the Lord Jesus Christ. We need a revival so the church can wake up and find their authority again once, once again in the Lord Jesus Christ. We need a revival. We need to start breathing what God breathes and move in what God has for our hearts and our lives. You know, I don't, I don't want the, the revival that's man-made. I don't want the revival that's manipulated. We've been in services like that. I've been in services like that. Sometimes we take heat for that as evangelists, trying to manipulate something to make it happen. You know, we call it healing service, but nothing's happened, so we try to manipulate it. I don't want any of that stuff. I can't save anybody, I can't heal anybody, and I can't baptize anybody. There's someone else who does that. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. I have no results in my life. I have no results. I pray for people, and I ask them to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, and if they get saved, that's Jesus' work. If they get healed, that's Jesus' work. There's no credit to the preacher, the teacher, the apostle, the prophet. There's none of that stuff. And so we understand that and we get it in our hearts and our lives. I'm talking about a Holy Spirit end time global move of God that will touch all flesh. No more bus tours. No more certain locations. No more big ministry names taking credit. Just Holy Spirit pouring out. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit coming sovereign and just touching our people once again. And I say, thank the Lord, thank the Lord, thank the Lord for that. Church, we need to align and realign. We need to move our theology and eschatology into an end-time mindset. Let me say it again. Move your theology to where Jesus is going. Okay, you're irritating me now. In love. I'm growing up in the church other than two years when I ran away from God. And wherever I went, I left home when I was 17, lied about my age, joined the CNR, ended up in a gang crew out by London, Ontario, swinging a sledgehammer for whatever, whatever, whatever. Three star for breakfast, five star for lunch, and his presence never left me. His presence never left me. His presence never left me. Never left me. I say thank God for that. I was ruined by the presence of the Holy Spirit rededicated my life to the Lord God when I was about 18, 19 years of, 18 years of age. You know what? It was two and a half hours of the worst time of my life. Everybody else was dancing and shouting and praising God and having a great time. I was underneath the baby grand piano somehow, and I was like just crying and weeping before God. You know why? Because I saw my life without Jesus. I saw my life without Jesus. And I got to tell you, Mom, it wasn't pretty. I was already messed up, the rebellious, typical preacher's kid, right, the prodigal that ran away, got mad at God, sh- you know, shift, shake my fist at God, saying, I'll never serve you a day in my life. I know I've been there. I've got the scars, and I've got the T-shirt and the baseball cap. I know, I know, I know, but I don't want that for this generation. I want them to rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I was in Argentina a number of years ago. I just go there for fun. I worked with a youth group over there that read that they could lay hands upon the sick and the dead, and they'd recover. So you know what their activity was Friday night? to go to the hospital and pray in the morgue. 
might not fly here in Canada. Some 15-year-old little kid read that, the, that they could lay hands upon the sick or the dead and they'd recover. That was their youth activity. I don't know how well it went. But just the thought that they do that, I'm like, wow. Been in Argentina with uh, Carlos Anaconda and Claudio Fritzen and seen a thousand people begin to manifest the demonic and being set free by the power of Jesus Christ. Why? Because there was a tent behind the stadium with 600 prayer warriors that had fasted day in and day out for weeks. And they, these people were set free by the power of Jesus Christ. I left that tent 120 the next morning and the Holy Spirit whispered to me, the stadium was empty, and I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, Chuck, son, this is what it's all about, to see people set free by the power of Jesus Christ. And that has not changed, sir. That has not changed to see people set free by the, by the power of Jesus Christ. I'm not a religious man. I don't want anything to do with your religion. I don't play that game. I've seen in countries what religion can do to people and to families and destroy them. I have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. So it allows me to preach and just to share a relationship, a relationship, a relationship. And that's what God wants to do. He wants you to deepen your relationship in these days when all turmoil and all this stuff. Listen, we, we talk more about government than we do about Jesus. My hope is not government. My hope is Jesus. You know, I don't really watch those spools on, we got the CP24 in the south. Do you have that up here? CP, it's a, like a pictures and it tells the news and, and people, I watch that, I get the weather and then we move on, watch a little news. I don't want CP nothing, I want CJ something, hallelujah, where we could just spend some time in the presence of Jesus Christ and he can speak to our hearts and our lives. Church, God releases times and seasons, God moments, divine appointments, appointed times and, and then they're growth seasons for our, our lives and I say thank God. Church, we need that alignment tonight, we, today we need to hear, we need to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. God's not looking for your opinion. He's looking for your obedience. He's not looking for your opinion. Even in Old Testament, you know, Moses didn't stand up there and say to the nation of Israel, listen, I'd like to take an opinion poll. The cloud's moving. How many want to come? You're laughing because you know it's true. You know what happened. You're trying to deal with two, two million plus people. You know, there'd be the whole lot of it shake and bake out in the desert that wouldn't move ahead. Sand in the sandals. He didn't come and say, listen, by the way, the, the, the pillar of fire is moving at nighttime. Uh, anyone want to go? I know you're a little tired of walking. I, I know we got the walk program down, but he didn't look for the opinion of people. He just stood, in the, just stood up and declared, this is what God's saying. He's moving. Are you coming with him? And church, I got to tell you today, God is moving. Are you coming with him? Are you coming with him? Are you coming with him? Whatever that means in your spirit this morning, we need to keep moving forward. Right? The best way to backslide is to stand stationary. The best way to keep moving back, the best way to move back is just to stand stationary. You've got to keep moving. It's hard to fall backwards when you're moving forward. Like I'm not the most coordinated person, but I've never been walking down the street, walking forward, and go, whoa, and fall backwards. Ouch. That's good. Never. Never has that happened. Never. Why? Because there's motion forward, and the church is in motion. Jesus Christ has his hand on the doorknob of eternity. He's looking at his father saying, can I go get my bride? Can I go get my bride? I really miss them. I like to spend eternity with them. You know what? <laughs> I'm away from my lady months and months and months a year, and, and when I get off the plane at Pearson, don't be in my way. Like, I, I want to go home. I want to go home. It's just natural to see my lady and spend time with my bride. That's natural. You don't think Jesus Christ wants to see you? You don't think he wants to spend time with you? He does. Why does he wait? I'll tell you why we're still here. The re, you're breathing God's air and living on this planet because your son's not saved. Your daughter's not saved. Your co-worker of 19 years is not saved. 
They're not saved. That's the only reason why you are still here, Christian, is because people need Jesus Christ. That's it. That's all the reason. Because it's God's will that none should perish. None should perish. And that means your third child. That means your, that means your son-in-law who, who stole your daughter. You still struggle praying for. It's God's will that none should perish. That's why we're still here. And that's the only reason why we're still here. Because people are dying and going to hell every day. You know why God uses me? I told you already, because I'm all that in a bag of chips. Yeah, not likely. God uses me because people are dying to go to hell. And I think I can make a difference. That's it. It's not about talent. Ministry's never been about talent. It's not about potential. It's about purpose. It's about purpose to be what God wants us to be in these last days. I say, Father God, help us to rise up and take a hold of what God has for us. Move when Holy Spirit moves. Move when the cloud is moving. Move when the pillars move. Just keep going on what God has for our lives. And I say, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. God is moving. It's not a question, will God bring revival to Canada? It's a matter of when. When? See, Chuck, I don't read about the Canada the end times or North America in the end times. Me neither, but I read this. Upon all people, he said. In the last days, I will pour my spirit out upon all flesh. I think that might include North America. Just thinking out loud with some friends this morning. I think that might include Canada where God says, I'm going to pour my spirit upon all flesh. Let's position ourselves for what God has for us in these last days. And I say, thank the Lord. I was preaching in one of the provinces there. I won't mention the name of it, but it sounded like Manitoba. And after the pastor's conference, after the pastor's conference, Friday, Saturday, Saturday night, Saturday afternoon, they were all heading back to their churches for Sunday morning. I had three pastors come up to me and thank me for my messages, but they wanted me to know that revival didn't fit into their theology. They wanted me to know. They took the time. They took the time after I poured my heart out Friday, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, just to let me know. Oh, by the way, thank you, Chuck, for coming. We appreciate it, bro. But we don't believe that, we don't, revival is not a part of our theology. And in myself, I didn't say it out loud because I have incredible respect for the pastor, for the office. But inside of myself, I was saying, why you pious little pompous pimple on the backside of Pentecost? <laughs> Hand in your credentials. We don't need you. We don't need you. We don't need you. You send the wrong message to your congregations. We send a message of hope. We send a message of life. We send a message as God's going to wrap your arms around your baby girl and do a work in their life like you've never seen before. That's the message we send. That's the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I say, thank God. The last days God said, I will. He didn't say, I might. He said, I will. Come on, sir. The same God that said, I will build my church is the same God that said in the last days, I will pour out my spirit is the same God that says, I will come back and get you. I will come back and get you. I've gone to build a place for you. I've got a house ready for you. I've got the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's almost all of the place settings are almost set. I've got you covered, and I want you with me for eternity. And I say, thank the Lord, thank the Lord, thank the Lord. In the last days, God said, not the preacher, God said, you can bank on it. God said, I will, I will, I will. And I declare that over your hearts and your lives. God says, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will prophesy. There will be prophecy. I will show wonders in the heavens above. Hallelujah. And I say, thank the Lord. Everyone who's called in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ has a job to do, and that's to be an evangelist. You have a circle of influence that I don't. Step in and use it. You know people that I'll never meet. And if they met me, they didn't want to know me anyway. 
You have a circle of influence. You always take your circle of influence. Evangelism begins at home. It begins at home. That's the tough spot. Ask Gideon. Before he went to battle that day with his big army of 300, he had to tear down the, the, the altars of his own house, his father's house. He had to take the bullock, the bull, from his own dad's herd. Before he could step out and touch the rest of the nation, he had to deal with his own house backyard. Out your amen. We've allowed uh, some folks that don't even know Jesus to kind of frame our future, and I don't want that. I don't want to play that game. I don't want to go down that road. I don't. I ask for three things when I come to a place, worship, word, and witness, that we would worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Three things the devil hates. He hates worship. You don't need music to worship, but it helps. Job didn't have a band beside him that day when he scratched the ulcerated sores on his body with what was left of his house. He didn't have a band back that, that day, but he sat there and he worshiped God. He sat there and he worshiped God straight up. That's pretty cool. I asked for the word that I preach the word, not popular opinion. Stick to the word. Lift up the name of Jesus Christ. If you do that, he'll draw all men onto himself. That's how it works. Then we need the witness of the Holy Spirit. That God, the Holy Spirit, would just do a work in your heart and draw you. And there would be a yes, amen. Come on. We a yes, amen, a witness of what God wants to do in these last days. And I say thank the Lord. You know what? Let me just roll through a list as I travel. We have too much junk food in the church. You ready? We got too much junk food in the church. I'm not talking about cafes. I like a cup of coffee. All right. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about junk food. Junk food from the pulpit, junk food from the pews. We don't need that. We don't want that. We hide stuff under grace. We need to learn the difference between God's mercy and God's grace. The Apostle Paul, through the Holy Spirit, says you can abuse grace. You can abuse grace. I'm a grace guy. You're a grace guy. We were all saved the same way through faith and grace in Jesus Christ. I get it. But let's not abuse his gift. Let's not abuse his gift. Let's not play that and go down that road. We've got sermon snackers today. Have you met some of them? They're sermon snackers. They're just snacking all the time. Eat a little from 14 different buffets. And they're never full. Uh, they just snack here and snack there and snack there and snack there and snack there. We've got Billy Go Christians. They just jump from mountaintop experience to mountaintop experience. Where can I get my next fix? Where can I get my next fix? i got to tell you, you know what makes a mountain? Two valleys. Thank you. You want a mountaintop experience? you got to come to the valley. you got to come to the valley. You know what I'm talking about? You've lived on this planet more than three weeks. You know what I'm talking about. You get through some valleys. I enjoy the view from a mountaintop just as much as usual. I, I enjoy it. But we're not called to live there. We need to get back in our ATV and get back down the other side of the valley and just get going for God again in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to be the sermon stacker. I don't want to be the Billy Goat Christian. We've got Pentecostal Pharisees. I'm better than most. I'm better than most. I'm better than most. Let's not play that game. Let's not play that game. Don't want to go down that road. Don't want to play that game. I really don't. Unfortunately, today we have church leaders that have never seen the supernatural. Let me say it again. We have church leaders that have never seen the supernatural. I used to say to my pastoral staff, I had four other pastors in Oshawa, I used to say to them, I said, what have you done this week that I couldn't hire someone from the YMCA to do? Yeah, they groaned too. I said, Chuck, it wasn't a fair question. I don't ask fair questions. What have you done this week that I couldn't hire an unsaved person to do? If it's about running programs, I can get someone to do that. It's about standing in the gap and making up the hedge and breathing fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. I can't get someone from the YMCA. I need someone who has been birthed in the fire of God and knows the fire of God and willing to be tested and found true in these last days to make a difference. 
And that's what God's looking for. And I say, thank God, thank God, thank God. We've got sugar daddies. It's like we treat Jesus like that sometimes, like a sugar daddy Jesus. We'll buy my affection. If you're nice to me, I'll be nice to you. We've got merry-go-round Christians. Have you met some of them? Around they go and around they go and around they go and they get so dizzy they fall off. They don't fall off in the right place. They just fall off. I'm just, I don't want to live there. I don't want to be that kind of guy. Round and around we go, round and around we go. Vending machine with Christianity. Have you met some of those folks? Vending machine. What do I need from Jesus? Okay, J4. Vending machine Christians. Okay, H3. You know what you need from Jesus Christ today? Everything he has for you. Sometimes if you got what you prayed for, you wouldn't get what you need. If you prayed for what you wanted, you might not get what you need. Lord, I want, I want, I want. He's not Santa Claus. Lord, I want, I Lord, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. And God says, not, it's not about your wants. It's about what you need. What you need. Heaven has never had a conversation about your wants. They've never had a conversation about your comfort zone. Ever. Michael's never run around and go, oh boy, they're uncomfortable. What can we do? We don't play that game. Church, let's step in and be what God wants us to be in these last days. The church is not an amusement park. It's the body of Christ. It's the body of Christ. And we need to treat it as such. It's not a playground, but it's a battlefield. So we need to keep our eyes upon Jesus Christ. Church, this is the day where we keep our eyes on Jesus. The very elect will fall. That means some of you who have spiritual mothers and fathers, and you've been the student, you're going to have to go back to them because they're not where they need to be with God, and the student will have to teach the spiritual father or mother. It's awkward when the person who led you to Jesus Christ 30 years ago isn't serving Jesus today. That's awkward. But we're living that day where the student has to rise up and say, you know what, That's my, that was my spiritual mother, that was my spiritual father. I, I, I need to tough up here and just go tell them this is what Jesus Christ is saying to me. We're living that day and age. We've been around long enough. We've been around long enough. And I say, Father, help us to do what's right in these last days. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus Christ, not people, not the problem. Let's keep our eyes upon Jesus. Is God going to send a revival? Absolutely. 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 Do we need the Holy Spirit? I'll wait for you. Yeah. Can't have church without the Holy Spirit. You can sit there on your rump for an hour and a half and crack out a few amens and crack out a few songs. So what? We need Holy Spirit to have church. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Let's honor all three of them. It was a package deal the day you got saved. Let's stay, keep the package intact. Holy Spirit has protected me, watched over me, provided for me, counseled me, brought me comfort, convicted me. I say thank God for that. Thank God for that. We need a move of the Holy Spirit of God. We need to prepare ourselves now for revival because that's what God wants to do. He does. Right. That doesn't mean in mass numbers. Revival is to take something that's half alive or dead and, and revive it. Revive it. Revive your church, Lord. Revive your church. That's me. Start with me. Revive, revive the church. Revive the church. And I believe God would speak a word over our, our lives today in this region that God wants to do. And I say thank God. Church, what began with a move of the Holy Spirit will end with a move of the Holy Spirit. And then we'll go home and see Jesus Christ face to face. The New Testament church was born in the upper room with 120 people, men and women. I'm not a big dispensationalist, but I believe we're in this period of time, the last days, the last days, the last days.
It was Franklin Graham, I think he said it this way. He said, I don't believe we're living in the last days. And I could see the uh, head of the announcer come up and go, what? He goes, I believe we're living in the last hours, the last hours of time. Listen, can I remind you of this? Jesus Christ will come back before someone turns 16. I got bad news for you, young lady. He may be come back before you get married. But we'll still have a marriage supper of the Lamb, and we'll still party. Just won't be down here. Won't be down here. We need to get ready for what God wants to do. We need to position ourselves now. Position ourselves now. Position ourselves now. Now. And then get ready for what God wants to do. Are you with me this morning? Amen. Revival, renewal of a fresh inflow of the love and the power of God. We need to become what we advertise or we lose our credibility. I'll try it over here. I'll be back. We need to become what we advertise or we lose our credibility in business, in church, as a Christian. If we're going to advertise, that was one of the dilemmas with Abraham and Isaac when he called his father's wells by the same name. People expected the same product because Isaac, the son, called the wells after what his dad did. So if we're going to call ourselves, then people are going to look for the same product, the same power, the same purpose, the same presence, the same passion. I ran out of peas. Father, this morning, just take my simple thoughts. Drive them into our hearts today, sir. Please, sir. Please, sir. Please, sir. Please, sir. Speak to us, challenge us, stretch us. Don't let us get away with average. I pray for someone of the sound of my voice, either in this house or a little current, that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray they'd make the best business move of their life for now and eternity and give up to Jesus Christ. I pray for forgiveness of sins. I pray, Father, that from this day forward we live for the Lord Jesus Christ, not in our own strength, but in his power. I pray for the church, those who know the Lord Jesus Christ, that we start digging trenches and wells now and get ready for what God wants to do. For the last days, God said, I will. I will. I pray we move our theology into an end-time theology. I pray we examine and re-examine our eschatology on where we're living in today. I pray that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with me, church? Have the worship team back and give me a little something, something. Made you promise that uh, the least I could do is pray for people. If you need prayer this morning, I'd like to do that. And let's turn the microphone off and put my hand on your shoulder if you'd allow me and just pray what God lays upon my heart. No one else's business but God's. I pray for healing over those that need healing today. Uh, healing, healing. You know the same blood that saves you is the same blood that heals you? You were good on that one. Thank you. Thank you very much. Because most times I say to people, like, there's no two bloods, Espinola. There's no two bloods. There's just one blood. There doesn't need to be two bloods because of whose blood I'm talking about. 
the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. That's a whole other message. Right. Here's what I wrote this morning at the cabin, and I just wanted you to have it. Espinola, right now, right now, right now, today, you have a moment in the Holy Spirit in this town. You have a moment, and it'll come and it'll go. You have a moment in this town to stand up and encourage people, to be a blessing. Well, everybody else may be moaning and bemoaning what's taking place. My hope is not in the tangible. My hope is the invisible. My hope is in Jesus Christ. My hope is in Jesus Christ. Understand that. Put it in your heart today. You can change the atmosphere over this community. You know, worship changes the atmosphere. Your worship wasn't contained to these four walls today. Do you understand that? It's a spiritual act of worship. It has the potential to change atmosphere up and down these roads. Up and down these roads. Right. The side that's paved and the side that's not paved. <laughs> he can change atmosphere. He can change atmosphere. So you're not cussing underneath your breath, bumping along on this side. God can change atmosphere. I've seen it. But it's up to you. It's up to you not to get, get, to get, get involved in all the junk and all the he said, she said, and they said. And I listened to your mayor. I heard his comments about Domtar. He, he called it a death. A death. I get it. I understand that in the, in the business world. But the church needs to rise up and say it's not a death. It's life. It's life. The seed has to die in the ground, and then it comes up anew, just like you did. So don't, don't buy into this program. God is greater, and I say thank the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch what God will do over the next number of months. Watch, pray it, believe it. When you go for your morning walk, take territory. Take territory. In the name of Jesus Christ, every place where the sole of my foot trods, I claim it as holy ground. Holy ground, holy ground in the name of Jesus Christ. When you jump in your truck in the morning, your car in the morning, and you're driving to work or Tim Hortons to sit with those four other old guys, right? Just, just rejoice and give God praise. You're a portable conviction unit for Jesus Christ. You're a portable conviction unit for Jesus Christ. I didn't say a porta potty. I said you're a portable <laughs> conviction unit. Conviction unit. You carry the glory of God. You carry the power of God. The day you gave your life to Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit came in. Jesus came in. Does he have lots of gifts for you and fruits and infilling? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Take what you have. Those are the words to Gideon too. The day the angel and the father talked to him. Said to him, take what you have and go save Israel. He's hiding out in a wine press threshing wheat. He didn't have much. Take what you have and go save Espanola. Take what you have. Take what you have today and go save Espanola. And as you do, God will continue to empower your life. How's that? power your life and I say thank God thank God don't engage in all the gossip don't buy into the death program speak life over death speak blessing over cursing in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name see well Chuck that's easy for you you're gonna get in your truck and leave yeah I, I, that's what I do for a living I leave and I move on pastor mentioned this morning how many people are praying? I just put it on my Facebook. I have a Reapers in the Rain on Facebook. I just put it out there. There are people praying for us from Mississauga, from Toronto, from, is there a Liscard? 
something like that. They're praying for us in Lishgar. Right? They're praying for us in Bancroft. They're praying for you, not us. They're praying for you today. Come on, you're not alone. You're not alone. Christians around Canada are rising up. They're praying for you, believe in God. Let's not disappoint their prayers. Father, we pray for this great town. We pray the blessing of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. This town's a better town because of these people here today. Streets are a better place because we live on them. Place of employment is a better place because you work there. Shopping center is a better place because you buy groceries there. Your presence brings the glory of God, brings answers to prayer, brings power that the world knows nothing of. We're not defeated. We're not defeated. The seed goes into the ground and dies and comes up anew. We welcome a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit here today. We change atmosphere with our words, with our words, with our worship. We don't buy into the negative stuff. That's base nature. That's old nature. We rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, would you lift up a hand this morning or lift up your voice? Father, we just pray over Espinola. We pray over Espinola. We practice right now what we're going to say during the week. We speak life, 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 and power of the Holy Ghost. We speak Jesus. We speak Jesus. We speak Jesus. We don't enter into conversations that are going to tear apart the leadership, the government, tear apart the mayor. Tear. We're just going to rise up in Jesus' name. We're going to be what you want us to be. Let's surprise the devil. Hallelujah. I pray that in Jesus' name. I pray for salvation. I pray for healing. I pray your hand to be extended to change our lives. Our future is held in your hands today. We welcome a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, sir. In Jesus' name we'd ask it. Amen. Amen. These altars are open. I'll stick around. You need prayer? Give me 30 seconds of your future. If you don't know Jesus Christ, smarten up. Straight up, smarten up, smarten up, smarten up. You can't live these days without Jesus. You can exist, but you can't really live without Jesus. You see this? That's movement. You know how I can do that? Listen to this. You know how I can do that? That's breath. You move and breathe in Him. Sinner, you move and breathe in Him. Christian, you move and breathe in Him. We all breathe His air. We all walk on His planet. So why not serve Him with all your heart?